This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason, brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air, with your host, John Rush. Welcome back, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Hour number two is upon us. Jim Robb joining us now, and uh, he is with Numbers USA, author of a new book, Political Migrants, Hispanic Voters on the Move. Jim, welcome to Rush to Reason. Great to be here. Thanks. I appreciate it very much. And this is a topic, by the way, that we talk about in our program quite a bit, and that is just the simple fact, and you've got data to support what we have been talking about now for quite some time, which is that Hispanics are on the rise when it comes to voting conservatively, correct? Yes, that's right. What? Uh, new, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. Well, some new data out uh, just this week from NBC News Telemundo polling says it shows their polling since 2012, and it shows that conservative Hispanics uh, t- 10 years ago were voting more Democratic than Republican by nine points. But every election since, the conservative Hispanics have voted more Republican till now. It's over 70 percent are voting Republican. So one big thing that's changed is not that there were not conservative Hispanics before, because there were, mm-hmm. it's that more conservative Hispanics have decided that their true home is the Republican Party. I see. So they really, it's sort of opposite of what I think a lot of folks, especially those that are on the other side of the spectrum that are on the left would say, and that is as you know, immigrants come to this country, they typically would be on the Democrat side. What you're saying is as they, I guess, I guess you could say it this way, as they get acclimated and they look at who's truly on their side, I guess you could say, they're now starting to vote in the re, on, on the Republican or the conservative side. Well, that's right. Because, uh, well, every newly arrived immigrant population of the last 175 years in America has voted Democratic for a time. For example, the Italian-Americans, who mostly were arrived in America by about 100 years ago, so they came mostly 1880 mm-hmm. to 1920 in the Great Wave of Immigration. Well, they were amongst the most Democratic of all voting groups for about 50 years. Okay. But during the Nixon era, when there was crime on the streets and the, the, the division over the Vietnam War, uh, some objections to welfare and, and some of these issues, well, they started peeling off to the Republicans. Reagan brought a whole bunch more. Republicans and Trump even more. Now, a poll done four years ago found that Italian Americans are the very most Republican ethnicity in the United States. Wow, I did not know that. 
does not shock me. I know a lot of Italian-Americans that are very conservative, so it, it does not shock me at all, Jim. But uh, I didn't know it was that high of a number. That That's astounding, actually. And, and uh, by the way, my prediction is you're going to see the same thing happen in the Hispanic community. Well, I think so. Uh, one thing, my, my polling for uh, the Rasmussen reports did an enormous poll of Hispanics for our for my book, uh, Political Migrants, Hispanic Voters on the Move, and it, it found some surprising data. Uh, it turns out that Hispanic voters hate illegal immigration. That's right. Oh, I know. I know and, a lot, Jim. I'm very, very close to. A lot of those individuals, some that came here directly from Mexico, some that are second or third generation, and I haven't met one yet. Don't know. I've got friends. I haven't met a friend yet in that particular group that disagrees with you. Yes, that's right. So people who are close to the community already know this, but not everyone knows it. And apparently no Democrat knows it. Evidently not. Right, because here's, here's the great irony. So the Democrats started started becoming very left on immigration, uh, open borders, really, right. a few years ago, in hopes of attracting and solidifying the Hispanic vote forever, right? Because it was rising so fast, and they needed it so badly. But by doing so, they alienated the much larger white working class and really lost them over the issue of immigration and trade, the secondary issue that, that, that alienated the white working class, right? And then, but it, was, it turned out to be an, a terrible fool's bargain mm-hmm. because it turns out Hispanics hate illegal yep. immigration, too. It, ba- it backfired. And the reason for that, again, Jim, this is, I'm talking directly from experience, knowing individuals that, have have come here. Knowing individuals that have come here, I, I know of a particular family that came here, and mom and dad and a lot of the family are still back in Mexico, and by the way, have no desire to come here. They like living in Mexico. This family likes living here. They're fine. They go back and forth. It's still a great family. They still visit. They still are close, but the reality is this family that's here loves America, and they love being on this conservative side because they know exactly what that means, and they are a thousand percent against illegal immigration because guess what, Jim? They did it the right way and they don't want anybody coming in the back door. Right. Now, we have 61 million Hispanics in the United States now. And, well, when I was born, uh, there were only 5 million. So it's grown gigantically. But here's the thing that surprises most people. Two-thirds of the Hispanics were actually born in this country. Hmm. Hmm. So it's a young population. Yes, These are young people, but two-thirds born here. They're Americans, and then 8 million of the others who came legally have become United States citizens. So what we've got is a population, besides the illegal immigrants themselves, mostly are American citizens, and they love this country. Uh, Our poll indicates that 80% say that they are open, that America is open and welcoming to Hispanics like me. 80% say that. Only 2% said it's not at all opening and welcoming to Hispanics like me. So they know, they, they love America, they know which side they're on, and they don't want open borders for the same reason we don't want open borders. It hurts America right. and, and Americans. I will, I will go as far as to say this, Jim, knowing some of them like I do, they are more staunch 
at being unwelcoming to those that have come illegal than those of us that are like you and I. And, and I mean that sincerely. My point being, those unwelcoming individuals for some of those immigrants are most likely their own kind, not you and I. Yes, there there is a tendency for hostility because illegal immigrants come to communities that are Hispanic already. That's right. Mostly. That's right. And so they're competing with for jobs that are not legally theirs to take, but they take them anyway. Yep. So that's competition. Yep. And then their their kids are then crowding schools. And, and by the way, the it also makes those mm-hmm. other individuals look bad. That's the other thing they don't like. I've heard that from yep. them. I've heard that many times. Yes, that is that is true. Uh, now, we know that uh, many more Hispanics are voting Republican. Uh, the Rasmussen polling, the giant poll in, in my book, uh, predicts 41% will vote Republican this fall. Wow. In next month, in the election. So that's high. So we'll see if, it, if, if it's that high. But if it is that high, if it breaks 40%, that'll be the highest in history wow. for congressional elections. And it really, it will be the end of the hopes and dreams of a lot of Democrats. But it's their own fault because yes. they've made these assumptions about what Hispanics want. Uh, now we know from the poll, uh, we know which Hispanics are much more likely to be uh, Republican or voting Republican, and that includes those who are more religious. Uh, that includes older Hispanics. That includes uh, those who speak English at home. Or, and this is, this is kind of interesting, those who, for whom Hispanic is a secondary rather than a primary identity, and I'll tell you how they determine this. It's like the Census Bureau. They ask two questions about ethnicity, not one anymore. So they ask people what their ethnicity is, and they may say Hispanic or white or black or mm-hmm. Asian. They say, now, regardless of what your your ethnicity, is, are you of Hispanic heritage? Mm. So if they say white or black or mixed race to the first question, but then they answer Hispanic heritage for the second, they call that secondary Hispanic identity. Interesting. I didn't know that. So if, if you're of secondary Hispanic identity, well, in that case, in that case, you're much more likely to vote Republican. Answer me a question, and it may have not been in the poll, but where do the Hispanic small business owners fit into all of this? Because to me, they're also very conservative, but maybe I'm wrong. It wasn't in the poll, but but my other research, which the book is full of all kinds of research, not just polling, uh, indicates that Hispanics as a group are very hostile to socialism and all talk of socialism. And, of course, your business owners are going to feel that the most. Right. Well, a lot of the newer Hispanics who've come are coming from places like Venezuela, where yes. socialism yes. has destroyed the whole country. That's right. That's and, right. And so the more you have people like AOC in New York City talking about, in Washington, talking about uh, the glories of socialism, the more Hispanics like that are looking right. Now, and where we're seeing the effects of this... Uh, where the rubber meets the road in terms of Hispanic voting is probably down in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And down there, if you'll think about Texas, the shape of it, it has this big tip, right, that goes down into the Gulf of Mexico. Correct. And there are three congressional districts down there and that are 
about 90% plus Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So all three of them have Republican Hispanic ladies that are running for Congress, and we'll see how they do, because uh, in one of them won a special election six months ago or less, uh, Myra Flores. She's already mm-hmm. kind of famous, That's right? and she's she's running a really good race to, to keep that seat. But if those seats become Republican, we'll know that a earthquake is underway. Good point. That, that's been a Democratic area for 100 Great point. years. Great point. Jim, how do folks find you? Uh, go to Amazon to look for the book Political Migrants, Hispanic Voters on the Move, or Barnes & Noble. Um, and I'm at uh, NumbersUSA.com. We're the organization that's been working to moderate immigration and to get rid of the illegal immigration for the last quarter century. And we're hard at it. We have a a nationwide membership, and including thousands and thousands in Colorado. Awesome. Jim, you're welcome anytime. Appreciate you joining us very much, sir, and I look forward to the book, and thank you very much. And, folks, we'll have all those links up on the website as well. Jim, thank you very much. Thanks so much. A lot of fun. You're very welcome. I appreciate it. And uh, you know what? We'll see how things go in this next election, not that far down the road, and we appreciate Jim joining us. Affordable Interest Mortgage is next. Kurt Rogers, by the way, wants to help you with all your mortgage needs. Good friend of mine, by the way, he is my mortgage broker. Call him today for anything you have going on, 720-895-0500. Want to keep making your 30-year payment but own in 15 years? Want to be able to access your equity for future needs and not pay for it now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. We have been showing Coloradans how to own their home in less time without changing their 30-year payment. Home values are at the highest in their history. Take advantage of being able to access your equity for 10, 20, 30 years without making payments now. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Worried about inflation? Everything getting too expensive? Learn how to be able to access your equity without having to refinance and pay closing costs over and over and over. Do it once and you're good for 30 years. Affordable interest mortgage, 720-895-0500. Tired of paying too much interest to own your home? Stop. Learn how to lower your total interest cost, 720-895-0500. Locally owned and operated since 2001, and where it's all about you is not just our motto, it's who we are. NMLS 298-191, regulated by DORA. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. They want to help you with all of your needs around the house. Don't forget about their furnace tune-up special or anything else you need. Give them a call today. Find them at klzradio.com, 720-526-0231. You don't think about it, but without protection, everything that is plugged directly into your home's electrical system is at risk. That includes everyday necessities that drastically impact your quality of life. Whole home surge protection installed with Absolute Electrical Heating and Air safeguards your everyday essentials. When lightning strikes your home or when snow causes down power lines, this can create a hazardous power surge. When you have faulty wiring or an electrical overload due to too much power being drawn, this can also create a hazardous electrical spike. Absolute doesn't just safeguard key electrical components. They protect your peace of mind in the future, too. Surge protection installation with Absolute is a fail-safe against a disaster you didn't see coming. Protect yourself today. Call 720-526-0231 or visit klzradio.com slash absolute. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. 
High Five Plumbing is next. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. They're looking for workers. They're also there to help you with whatever you need heading into this winter season, uh, whether that be swamp cooler service, no matter what it is. They can help you with that. Hot water heater, water heater service, you name it. They're there to fix anything you need when it comes to plumbing. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE or klzradio.com. Come join the High Five team. High Five Plumbing has been in business for over 10 years in Denver, Colorado, and was recently awarded Denver Chamber of Commerce Small Business of the Year. We are a family business focused on residential service with two locations in the Denver Metro, and we're hiring. We're currently looking for plumbing technicians, installers, apprentices, customer service representatives, and dispatchers. High Five offers competitive perks with full medical benefits, including health, vision, and dental, paternity, and maternity leave unlimited time off with advance notice, and 48 hours of PTO. Strategize your career and work at High Five Plumbing. Our apprentice program will teach you and guide you to become a plumbing technician. You'll be around our best senior technicians in the industry. No matter what you apply for, High Five offers regular training and career development opportunities. Apply to be a part of the High Five Plumbing crew and find a professional, growth-oriented community where every workday ends with a high five. Apply at HighFivePlumbing.com and click on Now Hiring. Putting reason into your afternoon drive. This is John Rush. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. And some of you, you've heard me talk about this in the past, but I was mentioning this to our, our last guest, to you know Jim Robb. But I, you know, I've got, some of you may or may not know this, but I have family members that are Hispanic. I've got great friends that are Hispanic. I've got uh, individuals that I've become close to that have been you know, close to this program uh, in the past. Uh, I've got, still have some great friends that have come directly from Mexico that have done the migration process or the immigration process that live here that no full takes far too long to actually become an American citizen. I've got friends that are business owners here that have come directly from Mexico. And you guys know the amount of times I travel to Mexico in a year. I know a lot of folks that live in Mexico. I communicate with them on a pretty routine basis. And what I will tell you, it, I think, is there's a misconception of not every Mexican Yes, that's what they call themselves. There's nothing derogatory, by the way, about what I just said. Every Mexican that lives there doesn't want to come to the U.S. I know some of these people on an individual basis. They have a good life. They've got good jobs. They have great families. They've got a very simple way of life. And they have no, no intention of coming to America and living here. Would they come and visit? Some of them have. Some of them love coming and visiting. They go right back. So not there's this huge misconception that everyone south of the border wants to cross and live here. No, they don't. In fact, my problem with the open borders is typically, and they'll even tell you this, typically it's the ones that are probably not the cream of the crop in their country that want to come live here. Now, there's a lot of folks that are struggling and, you know, families will, will pay coyotes, you know, a, a year or more salary, you know, to have their kids come and live here. A lot of them get sold into the sex slave trade and so on. We know that. We've talked about those stories. So, yes, there are those individuals. And, by the way, a lot of those are coming from areas not just in Mexico but even farther south than Mexico. I'm really talking about Mexico here because most people in America think it's just Mexicans that want to come and live here. That is not the case at all. 
again, I know some of these people on an individual basis. I know some folks that live here that have family that still live there. The reality is they're very comfortable and they're very happy with the lives they have, and they have no desire to immigrate here. We have this huge misconception here in America that, number one, everybody that crosses over is a you know, stellar person. No, that's not the case. There's a lot of nefarious things that are coming across our southern border. That's why we should not have an open border uh, policy, which is what this particular administration wants. Back to what Jim just said a moment ago, I think they are very misled in thinking that everyone that shows up here will be on their team. Bottom line is, they won't be. So we'll come right back. We'll talk more about that and other things here in a moment. Golden Eagle Financial is up next, and they want to help you. Al does, wants to help you with your future financial plans. He's a financial advisor, 303-744-1128. Golden Eagle Financial can help you create a retirement plan with provisions which ensure that you stay financially secure as you move into retirement. Al Smith can help you add provisions to your plan so you know that when you do retire, you're protected. In retirement, you will need ready money for emergencies, growing assets to supplement your income, a good chunk of savings, and guaranteed funds. Al can help make your income last by selecting the right financial products. He'll help you increase your income when necessary. Al Smith can also help you prepare financially by conserving what you have so that you're protected in the case of unforeseen circumstances. Schedule a consultation for financial advising from Al Smith at Golden Eagle Financial. Go to klzradio.com slash money. That's klzradio.com slash money. Advisory services offered through Foundation Investment Advisors and SEC Registered Advisor. All right, for all your vehicle needs, Extreme Auto Repair wants to help you. They've got Cooper tires at cost as well. KLZRadio.com, 303-841-1071. Thanks for restoring my faith in humanity. No more hopping from one mechanic to another, trying to find a solution for your vehicle's persistent issue. Extreme Auto Repair has a reputation for fixing problems quickly. You bring your Nissan to the dealer because of a rattling noise, they charge you $4,000. You still hear the noise. You bring the same vehicle to Extreme Auto Repair in Parker, where Sean and his team quickly discover a broken bolt in the subframe. A known Nissan failure they've seen many times before. Real stories like this one earn Extreme Auto Repair customers for life. As one woman exclaims in a recent five-star review, thanks for restoring my faith in humanity. The factory-trained technicians at Extreme Auto Repair stay up to date with the manufacturer data for your vehicle's specific make and model for quick and experienced problem-solving. Fill out the contract form now at klzradio.com extreme. All right, if you're looking to buy a house, sell a house, just transition, add a home to your portfolio. As far as rental properties go, Catherine and Robin, both the ladies, can help you at KNR Home Transition, 720-437-8210. With KNR Home Transitions, you get more than you see on the surface and two experts for the price of one. Can you imagine if you had to hire two realtors? With each of them having different areas of expertise, they are able to do more than the typical agent to help you get the best deal for your home purchase or to sell your home for top dollar fast. After all, one agent simply can't know everything or do everything. Speaking of doing, Cat and Robin are not shy about getting their hands dirty. From cleaning toilets to laying baseboards, they've done it. As a team, they work hard in tandem because they realize that you need more from the current housing market and you need more for your home. 
K&R Home Transitions does everything in their power to go above and beyond throughout the buying and selling process because it is truly about you and doing their best for you. Get more than you see on the surface. Get two for the price of one. Visit klzradio.com slash home. Again, that's klzradio.com slash home. Powered by Worth Clark Realty. You're listening to Rush to Reason. Brought to you by Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Our next guest, Tirza Duran, who is back again. Tirza, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me again. You're a policy analyst for the American Consumer Institute. Let's talk about OPEC+. Plus. I need to add that little plus at the end because it used to just be OPEC. Now it's OPEC+. Plus. They are cutting oil production by, what, about 2 million barrels a day? Yes, they announced that they're going to be reducing their oil production. And while the total production will only amount to about 2% of global supply, it still is expected to impact the prices, which is really the intent with cutting production. And so what this means for American consumers is that the discussion on energy really isn't going to go anywhere. First it was inflation, then it was Russia's actions in Ukraine, and now it's OPEC+. plus. And what these all have in common is that they really highlight some of the weaknesses Mm. in the U.S.'s current energy policy. You are exactly right. Spot on. And I guess, and I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what do you feel this will do across the board to energy prices? And I know that this won't be an immediate thing. I mean, you'll see some prices fluctuate here in the next week or two or even a month or so. But ultimately, where do you see this taking oil? Ultimately, it is expected to increase the price of oil, and I think it's really important to contextualize it when it's happening at the time when we've already had really high increases in oil. They started to dip just like a little bit at the end of summer, but what we're seeing now is it looks like the OPEC plus countries are interested in keeping the prices as high as they once were, so it doesn't seem like the pressure on Americans' wallets is really going to go anywhere. No, and and, and again... You know this. We've talked about this before when you've been on. You know, if we had different policies that would enable us to do more and become even more independent than we currently are, we as Americans would feel less impact. The problem is, you know, we're running around the world now, you know, even looking at changing the way we sanction Venezuela so that Chevron can now drill and take oil out, which, again, I think we need to make sure we know it as well. That's not immediate. Even if that does end up happening, which it looks like it may, that's not an immediate fix to counter what OPEC Plus is doing. Exactly. One of the things that's tricky with energy policy is that it is an industry that can't turn on a dime. And so when we're looking at things that the government and industry can do right now to change the status quo, there's not a lot because the actions that they need to have taken would have taken before we got into right. this mess. Right. And yeah. Point so being, we'll you know, leases, for example, if we were really intent on helping our own energy production, we would not only release leases, but we would do them in such a way where oil companies would be incentivized to actually go and drill on those lands. In other words, we give them leases in areas where they can actually go drill, not leases where they then have to go get easements and other things across private property to even get to the land that we've then given them the lease on. You know what I'm talking about, Tears, that there's all sorts of politics involved where we can say, oh yeah, we gave them a lease, but if there's all sorts of strings attached to that lease and it's not 
not it, it's not profitable for the oil company to go drill. Why would they? So it's one thing to say we've given them. It's another thing to say exactly how we did it. Exactly. And it's also important to note that while the Biden administration currently is talking about all the permits that they've been approving, they didn't come into office with such a positive um, position towards energy. Biden ran on a zero drilling on federal land platform the first day in office. He shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. And while the first year he did approve a lot of permits, I think it's important to talk about how those initial actions really did cause a chilling effect across the industry. And once again, this is an industry where their drilling plans can take years. And part of that is looking at the political um, nature of the economy in which they're going to be drilling. And when you have an administration that's hostile to drilling, to say the least, it's really difficult to make plans in order to do that in the future. Let's not forget, and everything you just said, spot on, adding to that, everything you just said is also how they go to the market to get their money, to get the funding necessary, because they don't fund it all out of their own pockets. We know this. I mean, anybody that's in business, tears and knows that you fund this through other means. It's not all just your own money. In fact, you've got investors that are investing in oil companies that want, that want to return on that money. And if the climate around your industry is such that, ooh, I don't know that we want to invest in that right now, given who's in power, then that money gets pulled back. And you don't have it. Even if you've got the lease, you still need money to go drill. And if you don't have it, it doesn't make any difference difference exactly and that can take i mean the process from getting the lease to do exploratory drilling to actually being able to drill and produce can take upwards of 10 years sometimes yes more plans and so if we really want to address this problem for american consumers what we need is we're going to have to pivot and have a more friendly position towards energy production in the united states and that has to be long term not just That's right. when we're in an energy crisis and right. just we're really feeling the consequences of the previous actions. I've been saying this now for almost two years. What has to happen is we have to have leaders and administration that immediately comes out and says, guys, we're going to take a 180. We know we kind of went down a path when we came into office. We're realizing now that maybe that wasn't the best attitude to, to have. We are going to support you fully. You tell us what you need. We will come behind you and make sure that you get what you need to make sure that we can get us to be back. We can get our country back on track to be in, you know, not, not just energy independent, but to be a leader in the energy in the energy sector around the world, not just here at home, but around the world. We want countries coming to us for their answers. We want to be that person or that country that supplies all of that we are going to help you to make sure that we can get there as a country that's what they have to hear that they're not tirza well and america does have huge potential to be a leader definitely more than it is now Correct. in global and it did import about i think the average was just over seven million barrels a day in 2020 but Something that's important to know also is that the U.S. does produce more barrels a day of petroleum than it consumes, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. But part of what you mentioned is we have it. It's very costly in the U.S. to get some of this petroleum out of the ground. And so you're finding it's cheaper to actually import with all the costs, with all the taxes, with the transportation than it is to actually drill and produce our own oil here. And so creating a fair climate for energy production is definitely a key step, but it has to be a long-term 
decision. The other thing, too, that I think folks don't realize, unless you're following this or you know more about the oil industry than what probably most people you know, know just sitting around talking about it over a cup of coffee, we will always need to import a certain amount of oil because of the different types of oil that are around the world. In other words, there are products that we need that we produce that come out of a barrel of oil and we've got refineries that take different types of oil that are out there and the reality is Tirza because of some of the products that we need as a byproduct of that refining process we need some of the other oil that's around the world could we do it all on our own yes but we are not set up as a country to do that so we do need some of those imports but to your point we could also be very strong and export a lot of the sweet crude that we also develop here some of it even coming out of Colorado and the reality is Tirza is we've got states even like my own here in Colorado where we've literally told the oil and gas companies we don't want you we're not here to support you we would just as soon see you go away that does not help us as a country exactly right and I do like the fact that you brought up the different types of oil because there is the the light and it's heavy and sour and then the light and sweet and the U.S. tends to produce kind of the lighter easier to refine stuff but our U.S. refineries are not designed for the type of oil that we produce. And a long-term solution would be we could build up our capacity to do that. But again, who's going to invest? Thank you. Correct. That's right. When we have administration basically not supporting that, why would you build anything right now? Exactly. If our current refineries are having to struggle under all these regulations and our own domestic drilling is struggling, then it makes it really hard to invest. But if we had a friendlier environment, then it would be easier for us to open, have more refineries in the U.S. to actually refine what we're producing here domestically. That's right. I've said this, too, all along, which really doesn't have anything to do with the actual refining of things. But if we had an administration that really cared about the U.S. economy and, by the way, the low-income families that are out there that are really affected the most by these energy prices that you and I are talking about, our current administration could change the requirements when it comes to the blending of fuel coast-to-coast. They would relieve some of the pressures on some of these refineries to have some I believe we have about 30 different blends of fuel across the country, which, by the way, we get that down to probably four to six at most. And if our administration really did care about consumers, they could cut the cost of fuel overnight by just relieving that pressure. The reality is they don't care about the average American. The the administration has a lot of options that they could do to lower prices. They're not really taking very many of those nope. options. Nope. But there are so many different routes, and energy is a really interesting thing because once you divide it into all the different energy sources, you can see so many points along the supply chain that costly government regulations are really increasing the cost. And yep. you're right, it is the poor, lower-income individuals who are spending a disproportionate amount of their income Correct. on energy because that's Correct. not really a bill that you can do without. One last thing, too, before I let you go that I think is a very bad move on our part because, A, it's just a drop in the muck in the bucket. It might, it might bring a little bit of positive press to you as an administration, but at the end of the day, selling off our strategic reserve is doing nothing to help lower the price of oil. In fact, I think tears at the end of the day makes us very dependent upon others, and it, and it really hurts us when it comes to a national defense end of things. The oil reserves are kind of running 
to the end of what they're ever were going to do. They were supposed to end this month. Now they're extended through October or November because of OPEC Plus's decisions. But something that I think Americans need to remember and the administration should be cognizant of is the fact that those reserves are going to need to be refilled. Right. And it looks right now estimates say it's going to take about three years to replenish those. But we're still in the midst of our crisis of high energy costs. Our costs are still extremely high. And so now we're looking to not only replace the oil reserves that had been released, we're looking to replenish it, and Americans are still struggling. Yep, exactly. How do folks find you, Tirza, and all the things that you guys cover? You can find more information that the American Consumer Institute does on this on theamericanconsumer.org. You can visit our website, or if you prefer to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at, at ConsumerPal. Awesome. Tirza, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it very much. And I know it was last minute today, so thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. You bet. Appreciate it very much. And, folks, everything I just said, I know I can sort of get into the the weeds, if you would, but I think it's very important for folks to realize, especially as we conservatives talk about energy. You guys have heard me talk about it when it comes to EVs and things along those lines. I want to be as accurate as possible when we as conservatives go against the other side, make sure I say this correctly, while shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, as Tirza said a moment ago, sent the wrong signals to the oil industry, I think we need to be very careful when we say that by shutting it down, that drove up the price of oil. No, it didn't have a direct impact on the price of oil because the pipeline wasn't complete and the fact of the matter is we're still going to move oil around the country. Would it completed lower the price of oil? Possibly, yes. But the shutting down of the pipeline construction immediately did not cause oil to go up other than the signal that it sent. So the shutting down of the pipeline in and of itself, because I think there's misconceptions that it was flowing oil, it was not. Shutting it down did nothing as far as the oil supply is concerned. But it did send a strong message, which is exactly what the Biden administration wanted to do. It sent a message that said, we're not friendly to gas and oil. That's what it did. That, in and of itself, drove up the price of oil because investors then look at this administration and say, whoa, wait a minute. Until there's some other guys in charge, we're not putting money into that because we don't know what, if any, kind of return we're going to get out of the investment that we're giving. So in turn, the money doesn't flow. When the money stops flowing, yes, that's what drives up the price. That's what the administration did. It wasn't the pipeline itself and the shutting of it down that slowed down oil. It's the investment opportunity that they shut down by the shutting down of the pipeline. And when we put out memes and different things all over Facebook, we need to make sure that we say it correctly so that we're not looking dumb to the other side. So it wasn't the pipeline itself and the shutting of it down that actually slowed down the oil supply. It was the shutting down of the money supply coming into the industry by making that move is what really caused that. And again, I just want to make sure that we're accurate as conservatives when we start talking about these particular topics, because at times we just throw memes out or we see a meme, we think, oh, that's great. I'll just repost that. Well, if it's an inaccurate meme, that doesn't help us it actually hurts us. Solar Energy Partners, speaking of energy, there is a way to lock in your future energy prices. And I just read something a moment ago as Tirza was talking, as we were coming into talking to Tirza, that's talking about winter blackouts. You have the way to avoid those things 
by talking to Alan Davis at Solar Energy Partners. He has a way to make sure that you're up and running even if the grid goes down. Talk to Alan and find out how that would work for you. 303-378-7537. When you pay your power bill, 1% of the money is used to hire people whose jobs are to increase your power bill. Never see another rate increase from big energy again when you invest with solar energy for your home with Alan Davis of Solar Energy Partners. Getting you a return for your solar investment is Alan's main priority. You may even receive a negative bill from the energy company, meaning they pay you. Alan's primary concern is saving you money with solar. Enjoy consistent rates, a 30% federal tax credit, and increased market value on your home. Alan only sells what he believes will give you a great financial return. The unprecedented rate increases are only going to continue. Locking in a lower rate now means that no matter what the government lets big energy do, you'll still pay the same rate or less for your energy. Don't pay them to raise the rates on you. Make an investment with your power. Now, make your investment today by contacting Alan at klzradio.com slash sun or by calling 303-378-7537. American National Insurance, Paul Lewinberger, who is my agent, would love to help you with your insurance needs and figure out a way to save you money at the same time. Easy. Phone call, by the way, American National Insurance, Paul Lewinberger, 303-662-0789. Everyone is looking to save money, but in the wrong places. When you're looking for ways to save money, start by reviewing your insurance. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers the biggest savings through the rebate program and other cost-effective opportunities that reward responsibility. You're someone who hasn't made a claim in the last three years. Imagine that during that time you were insured with Paul Lewinberger. You'd be getting a check for 25% of what you paid in premiums three years ago. Besides the rewards of the rebate program, there are other ways to save when you work with Paul. He encourages you to take a higher deductible but enjoy lower premiums. He knows that you won't make a claim unless you actually need to. Paul Lewinberger offers the most value for long-term thinkers because when you're responsible, everyone wins. Call Paul with American National Insurance right now, 303-662-0789. Again, 303-662-0789. All right, up next, Michael Bailey Law, mobile estate planning. He will come to you. That's the advantage of a mobile estate planner. No need to go to some fancy law office and find parking and do all of that. Just call Michael and he'll come directly to you. Find him at klzradio.com. Michael Bailey's estate planning services come to you, making the difficult decision of planning for death a little easier to stomach. Once something happens to you, there is no way for you to go back and prepare. Let's say you live, yet cannot make decisions for yourself. Without proper planning ahead of time, your family cannot make any decisions for you without going to court. They will need medical power of attorney to give your family the ability to make the hard but necessary decisions when you are debilitated. Without it, they must go through the courts during an already very stressful time. Estate planning protects your family. They deserve to have the ability to make the hard decisions in the case you are severely incapacitated. Prepare for all the possibilities now. Set up a free, no-obligation consultation now with KLZ's mobile estate planner, Michael Bailey, at klzradio.com slash estate. That's klzradio.com slash estate. This is Josh with Business Equipment Service. Here's a message from one of our satisfied customers. Jane with Faith Church in Loveland said, I have worked with Business Equipment Service for almost seven years. As office manager, I will not change service providers. 
BES offers excellent service and I recommend them to anyone who asks. If you are looking into purchasing office equipment or have a problem with equipment you currently have, give us a call at 303-825-5664. Live and local, back to Rush to Reason. All right, Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Joe, what's going on, sir? Well, John, a question. If Donald Trump had gone to Venezuela on bended knee and said, can we please, please have some of your oil, how do you think the media would have reacted? He'd be called Trump? a communist. And, of course, you know that's exactly what Biden just did, right? Yep, that's exactly what he just did. He's on bended knee asking them to, uh, essentially what he's doing is trying to relieve sanctions so that Chevron can go and actually extract oil there. Right. Uh, it's basically, I mean, the U.S. isn't going to do it directly, but he's saying, please, please let Chevron, well, we are willing to let Chevron, we are willing to relift our sanctions uh, if you're willing to let Chevron come in and pump oil on our behalf. So it's, it's yep. through a third party, but it's basically it. Yeah. And by the way, do you know who uh, Venezuela, owe, it's either 5 or $15 billion. Do you know who uh, Venezuela borrowed billions of dollars from and pledged their oil resources as collateral against the loan? Well, my gut feeling would be either us or Russia. Russia. There you go. So to the extent that we are going to pump and pay them for oil. They're going to pay that back to Putin. They're going to pay that directly back to Putin. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> and I, I know it was at least $5 billion. It might have been $15 billion, But we're basically going to be buying oil from Venezuela so they can repay their debt to Putin. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. I mean, I... I and, and furthermore, Joe, and this is something I don't think a lot of folks understand. I talked about that a moment ago with uh, Titania, uh, or, or sorry, with, um, with, with our last guest. And, and what I would say is everybody thinks this is an overnight, immediate solution. This will take years, Joe. Even if Chevron goes in there tomorrow and starts doing what we're talking about, this is a minimum five-year deal. Yeah, those oil wells, I mean, last time I looked, half the oil wells were inoperative just from the... Well, yeah, because what happened is they didn't, as usual, with socialism and dictatorship, I should say, uh, when they don't maintain those things and they run all of those those companies out and they, as a, as a country, take them over themselves, which is exactly what they did. Which, by the way, if you're Chevron, you're a moron if you think you're going to go back in there and do this again. They took them from you once. Why would you go back in there and do this again without some sort of uh, upfront payola, Joe? It's like Lucy and Charlie Brown with the football. So stupid. The foot- yeah, so football. stupid. It's just, uh, but that's the world we live in. So, by the way, it reminds me of another George Carlin quote. Never, under- est- never underestimate the power of stupid people in large groups. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, by the way, by large groups, I'm talking about the 80 million. I'm, well, 80 million people who voted for Biden and the, and the uh, 30 million who still think he's doing a good job. Uh, How could? Yes. By, by the way, are you? Is your head buried in the sand if you think he's doing a good job, uh, John? It is. Well, there are people. They're delusional. I mean, they they live in the land of denial. Good point. Yeah, I don't know what the, where that state is, but they, you know, you go on these. As you know, I go on these liberal websites, and they all they read is propaganda. You tell them something like I just no, no, you're lying. You're making that up. No, come on. Well, you know, even CNN will tell you what I just told you. They get all their news from these from these uh, liberal Facebook sites that will never, ever report. Do you think, by the way, the fact that Biden was calling, trying to look for a dead person, he went to this woman's funeral, and he's calling, you know, Jackie, please stand up. Do you think that made any one of those liberal Facebook pages, and you tell people that he did that, and they say, no, you're making that up, he didn't do that? Uh I mean, you know he did that, right, John? Yeah, I know. Exactly. Uh, I mean, unbelievable. 
You I, can see the video clips, and they, they not I, only haven't seen it, when you tell them, here it is, here's the link, no, that's Photoshopped, uh, that, that's... You know, they literally are living in the land of... Yep, they are. Really quick, too, Joe, while you're on, this is something I think that's important for a lot of people to hear, because I just answered this while we were talking uh, during the break there, you know, in between breaks before you came on. And I had a great friend of mine, listener, that was just listening to our last segment where we were talking about energy and all of that. And this question came up about smart meters and, you know, what should I do, should I not do? And for everybody listening, you can opt out of a smart meter, but it's going to cost you a certain amount of money per month because they have to send a car around manually to then collect that data or the smart meter is sending that data back to Excel or whoever your provider is on a monthly basis through, uh, you know, through a, a essentially a, uh, not Wi-Fi, but through a uh, uh, 3G or 5G chip, I should say. That's how they're doing that. They're communicating back through the smart meter itself. There's misconception, Joe, that with the smart meter itself, they can control all the appliances and the thermostats and so on inside of your home. That is not true. They cannot control things through the smart meter. They can see with some of those smart appliances what you're doing and what energy you're using, but they cannot control them unless you yourself give them access to those devices. Where they got by with turning down thermostats or turning up thermostats here not too long ago was they gave everybody 100 bucks to allow them access to those thermostats so they could then control them. Joe, why in the world would you allow them to have access with your thermostat in the first place? Never in a million years. And by the way, I'm seeing that in, in the utility here in New Jersey, the same thing. Free, th- it's, they don't give you 100 bucks, but they say free, you know, $129 yeah. value, free. Right. And you, can have, and you can have up to like two of them in your house. And you have to be a complete idiot to take these. Free because all they're doing is you're, you're, by doing that, you've given them now access to that thermostat. And again, they have, they've got a backdoor in when you allow them to do that. And again, as long as you don't do those things, I don't personally have any issues with smart meters, Joe. I just I would never allow them to have any backdoor into my appliances or anything else I have. Well, the, the one potential downside to a smart meter, John, is that it now knows minute by minute what you're using. So if they want to hit you with a time of day. Of course charge they can't do that with a dumb meter you know no, but what they'll do on that is their way around that as you know joe is they're going to charge you extra to not have a smart meter and if they determine that you know what you're on average using what all of your neighbors are they'll just hit you with those higher rates anyways you're going to pay it anyways one way or the other you're going to pay it you and i both know that yeah you're probably right but uh, but again if uh, I mean, if you think if the they... power company is going to get out of that somehow or another you're crazy no no, no but but again, if they want to do universal time of day billing where you pay more for electricity. Which, by the way, Joe, you and I both know they most likely will. Yes. That's coming. They already it's do it coming. with businesses. That's coming. Right. Now, it's, it's, they really, but it's, it's tough to do it with a dumb meter. Right. But once they have a smart meter on your house, they can graph your usage, you know, minute by minute. Um, and, and by the way, there's also something called a demand charge. Commercial businesses, in addition to time of day, they also say, well, you know, in August, you hit, on one day for one hour, you hit a peak consumption right. of X. Right. And because we had to build a power plant big enough to serve it, to provide you with that peak demand. Uh, we're going to charge you extra. We're going to charge you extra. For the next 11 months, even though that plant is only running at 50% capacity, mm-hmm. it's called a ratchet provision. That's right. That, your, that your, your demand charge for the next 11 months will never be less than 75% of what your peak demand charge was back in August. Right. Which is where peak shaving comes into uh, sometimes turning on your generator for an hour in the summer if your business can save you a boatload of money. There you go. Good answer. 
Good answer. Joe, as always, appreciate you very much. Always great information, and uh, thank you for that. Roof Savers of Colorado is coming up next. Speaking of ways to save money around the house, one of those is on your roof, because I I know Joe can attest to this as well. Uh, Insurance companies are changing. A lot of you think, oh, you know, if something happens to the roof, I'll just turn it into insurance, get a claim, no big deal. Um, It's not working that way any longer, folks. They've smartened up, and it's not that way. In fact, if you've got an older roof and you've not maintained it and it gets wiped out in a hailstorm, you're going to be writing the check not the insurance company. So make sure that's not you. Have Dave Hart come out, inspect your roof, and find out what he can do for you. He can typically extend the life of the roof if needed, replace it as well. Find him at RushToReason.com or 303-710-6916. If you think you need a new roof, think again. I might be able to save you thousands by adding five years of life to your existing roof with a roof max treatment. Hi, this is Dave Hart, owner of Roof Savers Colorado. We specialize in helping 90% of our clients avoid a costly replacement by adding at least five more years of life to the roofs, and is guaranteed with a five-year transferable warranty. However, if it makes more sense to replace your roof due to wear and tear or storm damage, we are more than happy to do so. Yet our goal is to do everything we can to get you more life from your existing roof, whether it is an asphalt shingle roof or a flat roof for both residential or commercial. Give us a call at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com, and I will assess your roof to see if it qualifies for the treatment. Mention you heard this on KLZ 560 to receive your $250 fall discount. This isn't Rage Radio. This is Real Relatable Radio. Back to Rush to Reason. All right, we've been talking a lot about energy. We kind of do that on Thursdays anyways. Larry Behrens is going to join us here at the top of the hour. We're going to talk also about this OPEC Plus uh, decision, what that means for a lot of you. And, again, we'll just continue to talk about that. Scott Garlis will join us at the bottom of the hour talking about what's going on on Wall Street, where we're headed when it comes to this recession, how long will we stay in it, what's the Fed going to do. All of those things will be up in this next hour. So hour three is next. Don't go anywhere. This is Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.